Hello. I'm Emma. I'm Shannon. And welcome to This Podcast Doesn't Exist. Woo! Woot woot. I almost forgot for a second what we were doing. Did you catch that pause? <laughs> and welcome. <laughs> yeah, it took me... Where are we? Who are you? <laughs> took me a second, as if this isn't our second record of the day. You know? Again, we were off for a month. Yeah, but we're happy to be back. While we were away, we hope that you were enjoying our reposts of mm-hmm. Greg and the Jersey. D- I love that I'm not even like that's not even what the episode is about, but no. really that's what the episode was about. Yeah. The werewolf of Dixon? No. Greg. <laughs> Greg is the cryptid. Greg is the cryptid. But we hope you enjoyed those. If you would like to listen to any more backlog episodes, please feel free. You can find those on our website at thispodcastdoesn'texist.com. You can find everything else there as well. All of our socials, transcripts, all of the podcast episodes are also there as well. Mm -hmm. And you can click on a link to bring you to a bingo card. So you can play along if you feel so inclined. Mm -hmm. That's always fun, especially if it's going to be a wild episode. Mm -hmm. Feel free to play for this episode. I don't know how many of these spoofs and gifts we will get into, but you never know. You never know with us. We do love a spoof and a goof. Truly. Also, special request. Mm -hmm. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, if you would be so kind... As to write us a little review, or even if you wanted to write it into the show, I would appreciate it, because then I can use it for content. (laughs) Well, and we'd love to hear what you think of us. Yeah. It's always fun. We're just really egotistical, so we'd love to hear. (laughs) Tell me everything. Everything. (laughs) It gets us out there to the rest of the world, and you don't even have to worry about, you know, sending us to your enemies if you don't want to. Mm, Yeah. I was going to say, Podfiend Challenge. Share a link to the show with three friends this week. Yeah, there you go. And let us know. For just three podcast shares, (laughs) you can keep this by icon and her trusty ally in... Warm, comfy... Warm slippers. Slippers. (laughs) Because, guys, it is so cold down here in this pod nook. Yeah. it's, It's August right now as we record this, and it is... So cold in this room. Yeah. You should just be hanging out down here while you're wishing for it to be fall. That's true. Like, just I should. Make yourself a coffee and some soup and bunker and just, down. Yeah. Down here. Do some puzzles. Read some books. That's actually throw great. On, I've throw been, on the fake fireplace. It's an underutilized space. There you go. In that way, I should definitely be. Why am I not doing you that? Just you're be so co- smart. Cosplaying fall down in the basement. <laughs> you like walk out with like a full sweater and like boots and yeah. like a beanie and. <laughs> And Jensen's like, what do what you do? You're like, I'm going into the future <laughs> to fall. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Bye. Going to go eat some soup on the couch. Yeah. That sounds delightful. What a good idea. We're some fall witches up in here. We really, really are. And I suspect several of our listeners are as well. Yeah. I mean, it is it is a, a season of spook. It is a season of comfort. There's a lot of, like, if it's cool outside and we can get all cozy, cozy. I, I mean, the area that we live in, D.C., has a very short period of fall. But I love it. I love it so much. Even though it's so short, but here, I, it's okay. so good. Here's the thing. Right? The climate is warming. That's a big problem. 
That's why we have so many thunderstorms and things this summer. It was really bad. But also, like, last year, winter didn't really happen till like, January. Yeah. So, in a way, fall gets, even though it starts late for it us, stays, it stays longer. Cause it stays it, in the, into the wrong it, season. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't snow in December, like, ever. Yeah. It has um, snowed on your birthday. <laughs> or around your birthday. Yeah, a number of years it yeah. has snowed. Anyway, we're not going to solve climate change on this episode, but what will we be doing? We will be discussing a little bit of my excursion to the Cryptozoology Museum, mm-hmm. which I did hint at last week, um, which I will tell you a little bit more of now. Um, I did send Shannon a slew of photos from my camera wall. My camera wall looks well weird. <laughs> it does because I sent her so many pictures of all of the exhibits that I was looking at. Erica was like, "What is that possessed stuffed animal on your camera wall?" I was like, "Oh, Emma went to a museum. <laughs> I went to a very fun museum, but it is in." Portland, Maine. We were on our way back from our vacation and I said, Jensen, pull over. The (laughs) Cryptozoology Museum is around here. And he said, go for it, babe. So I went in. They had number one pod husband. Truly very supportive. But I I sent him a text at the end of it because, of course, they have like a little gift shop. Oh, he didn't go in with you? No. <laughs> he just he, dropped well, you? Because we had Penny. We had the Pennington oh, Monster, and right, it was right, too right. hot outside, and there was gotcha. no way we were going to leave her in the car. So right, right, right. it was determined that it was more important for me to go in yeah. than for him to come with me. For the content. Yeah. So I went in, and uh, as I was leaving, I was looking through stuff, and I got you a sticker. which I still need to deliver to you. It's cute. Um, (laughs) Deliver to me as if we're not in her house. Yeah, deliver unto you. I'm going to text you you right now. To remind me. So that we don't forget. Fair. Because you told me before that you got me a sticker, and then you just told me again, and I went, oh, right, a sticker. A sticker. But I also texted Jensen, so they have T-shirts, but they're $25. (gasps) Do I buy one? And his answer was, for the pod. Duh. (laughs) So I got myself a t-shirt with their logo on it. I'm thinking of ordering you one as well. Because actually they're super, like, I'll show it to you later. It okay. doesn't, the the cryptid that's on it is a fish. Oh. Um, so it doesn't necessarily immediately read as, like, cryptid. You just look like you're a national park bro. Yeah. And then a it's like, bit. wait a second. <laughs> yeah, truly. So um, I think you'd really enjoy it. So uh, we should get you one. They also didn't have necessarily a wide selection of, like, sizes. Like, they had a lot of sizes, but they weren't, like, it was like, ask me about the Snallygaster. Ask me about the Oklahoma oh. octopus. And I was like, she doesn't want any of these t-shirts. What? <laughs> and then uh, there was, like, a... And, well, and I will say, if we order a, a, t- a shirt on the website, maybe they will have Gay Mothman back in stock for the stickers. <laughs> yes, there was a sticker that had the pride flag and Mothman on top of it, and uh, it just... It spoke to me because we discussed in our repost of, you know, Mothman, he's probably bi. He's, you know, very bi-coded, as is. As <laughs> me is, being like, we did? Yeah, we did. <laughs> what did we say? Nessie's, Nessie's a woodsy lesbian. All right. Yeah. 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 See? But, and I had forgotten that Mothman flies because his booty was just so large and in charge. Yeah, you did forget that he flies. The, the Mothman erasure. 
Am I reminding you? Yeah. She's there. Great. Can you tell I haven't listened to the repost yet? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so I went to the Crypto International Cryptozoology Museum. They had plenty of exhibits that were like it was it was like these big glass cases and every either every case or every shelf was dedicated to a different cryptid. There were models of both Bigfoot and Mothman, of which I did take pictures. Mm -hmm. They also had the creature of the Black Lagoon, like that monster movie from the 1950s, 60s, um, that my mom, my mom had a neighbor friend who had a lisp and he couldn't say the creature from the Black Lagoon. So he said the leecher from the Lat Laloon. And I can't see it without laughing. So now I need to make sure that I send that to her. She'd find it funny. But in any case, it gave me a lot of... In multiple cases, actually. In multiple cases. You're very right. Behind glass. It gave me a lot of uh, inspiration. Mm. And so I chose one of the cryptids that I saw featured in Mm -hmm. the museum. And it's the same one that Erica was like, what is that gigantic... (laughs) Evil-looking stuffed animal. (laughs) Amazing. So today we're going to talk about the Beast of Bray Road. Any ideas? Any thoughts? Any remembrances? Nothing? No, ma'am. All right. Well, then let's jump right in. Late one night in 1939, Mark Shackleman had just arrived for his shift as night watchman at the St. Coletta School for Exceptional Children outside of Jefferson, Wisconsin. His flashlight strapped to his belt, he walked the grounds of the former Franciscan convent every night. There were several buildings, an orchard, and open fields on which indigenous American burial mounds had been preserved that he scanned during his shift. Mark's job was uneventful, with the only threat that of teenagers playing a prank on the grounds. Not a true concern for the 30-some-odd former heavyweight boxer. He was happy for a job that paid well enough for him to support his family without having to break his back over it. But that night, Mark was crossing the fields when his eyes caught a shadow on top of a nearby burial mound. Afraid to turn his flashlight on the figure in case it got spooked, he squinted in the dark to see what it was. The form was hunched, on all fours, digging into the mound like a dog or a wolf. But Mark said even from far away, the thing was far too big to be just a canine. (coughs) Suddenly, it stood and looked at him. Mark guessed it must be over six feet tall. It had a dog face, shaggy with thick fur, but the muscular, hairy body of a man. Oh, I think I've seen this guy on uh, Hinge. (laughs) That's all I got. Continue. (laughs) As the smell of rotting meat hit Mark's nose... Mm. The being made a deep, low growl. Hopefully, the, those men are not. Uh, oh, I don't the match, rotting the I rotting don't meat men with the dog face man. I just, I was just trying to be funny. Was, Guys, I don't feel good. Oh, she's wrapped up in her <laughs> blanket. I'm very proud of you for getting through your episode with a sore throat. Like, Thanks. Very well done. <clears throat> I'm sick. So Mark tried so hard not to hyperventilate, and took a small step back. The thing took off sharply into the trees beyond the field and was gone. When Mark got home, he told his wife about the encounter, how the thumbs and would-be pinkies of the beast were shriveled and shorter than all of the other fingers. He returned during the day to find Mark's raked through the mound. 
The next night, during his walk through the field, the being appeared again, digging on the same mound as the previous night. This time, Mark was undeterred and gripped his flashlight, ready to fight if need be. Once again, the thing stood to its full height, but this time it opened its mouth and its lips pulled back, snarling. Large fangs gleamed as the thing growled out something that sounded like a word. Mark didn't move. He said, quote, Then I did the only thing I could do. I prayed. And, I, and it turned and slowly walked away. For a long time I stood there. The bad smell hung in the air, and then I said another prayer of thankfulness. I never saw that thing again or anything even like it, end quote. Unluckily for him, the half-human growl speech never left his head, which he described sounded like a word something to the effect of gadara or gadara, something like that. Hmm. Very guttural. For about 50 years, there were no other sightings of this creature, at least not in Jefferson. 45 minutes southeast of Jefferson is Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Called the Christmas card town since before World War II, this rural community is a sweet place for growing families and aging locals. Through the east part of town runs Bray Road, 17 miles of unremarkable asphalt that has been a through road since the colonial period. Unremarkable, that is, until the beast reappeared in the fall of 1989. 1989. Taylor's version. <laughs> Anything to bring back. 1989. A Taylor Swift reference. <sighs> Lori and Drizzy was driving home at 1.30 a.m. from the jury room, a bar in Elkhorn along Bray Road, which I love, the jury room. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. I love that. She was the manager, so she was perfectly sober as she made her way home. Yes, queen. Soon her headlights hit something off the side of the road, a massive form. It's back to her as she approached and passed. Turning slightly to glance back, she saw the figure from the front. Quote, it was kneeling. Its elbows were up and its claws were facing out, so I knew it had claws. I remember the long claws. End quote. She thought she could see something held between those long claws. Roadkill, maybe. But it didn't run when the headlights had hit it, instead turning to match her gaze as she passed. Trembling, she drove home. The next day, Lori went to the local library to see if she could find any information on a creature that resembled what she had seen. She found an entry in The Golden Book of the Mysterious from 1976 with an illustration labeled Werewolf. Pause. Do you remember those little golden books? Mm-hmm. The, like, they have like a little gold spine mm-hmm. and the cute little like stories and the adorable illustrations. This is the same publisher. <laughs> so they would do like encyclopedic like mm. things for adults or like yo- young adults. So it was like, you know. You're still getting information. You're still reading our books, but they're not like little kid story mm-hmm. books. The illustrations are obviously very different, but now I desperately want there to be a little golden book style uh, as with like cryptids and like achingly there cute illustrations of UFOs. Like and baby Mothman. Yes, I want that. I want that so bad. But in any case, that was a sidebar. Keep that in your head as something fun and delightful. We're going back to darkness and (laughs) it sounded more like a cat you did laurie said quote it was night and it was quite late but i know what i saw you don't mistake something like that to this day i believe it was satanic 
It was just my feeling. I don't believe in werewolves per se, but I believe something could be, well, conjured up. End quote. Hmm. Okay. It is interesting that, like, there, there's a separation in your brain of, like, Satan? Yes. Werewolves? No. Por que lo no las dos? No. That was the most white way I've ever said any phrase in Spanish. Blanquita. Blanquita, eh. All right. From then on, the creature was given the name the Beast of Bray Road, though it has also been referred to as the Bray Road Beast, the Wisconsin Werewolf, and the Man Wolf, and has appeared all over Wisconsin and even as far as Minnesota. Just Which Emma now knows where it is. Yep, I do. Geography, we're getting better. Based on both these encounters and the ones following, the creature is between six and seven feet tall, has a face resembling a wolf, shiny yellow eyes, pointed ears, and a furry body that has the shape of a very muscular man. It has been seen running or walking on both all fours and on hind legs. Those who have been close enough to smell it agree with Mark's sense of rotting meat, and while it has never physically attacked anyone, it certainly has tried. So the picture that I had sent Shannon was of this fairly large figure of and it's it's um it's a model with real hair on it and Mm -hmm. you know we'll we'll put it in the in the instagram but uh it's so big i i don't know if i can correctly capture how large it is on in the photo but like the cabinet that it's next to hit maybe like my chin oh and that thing was a head taller than Mm. the cabinet I would say. So it's pretty big. And I don't, (laughs) there was no information about that model. sounds like it's a car or something. There's no information about that model. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I didn't, I didn't know who made it or like when, or if you could like get inside of it. Cause it kind of like, it looked like you could probably like break it at some point and like fit your body inside of it and walk on it. But my guess is no, (laughs) but I'd love that to be fun. No. (laughs) I wasn't freaked out, and now I'm freaked out. Oh, I'm so sorry. Imagining a human being inside that thing. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Mm-mm. There you go. A couple bingo cards for you. So it has tried to attack. It's never succeeded, though. Hmm. Two years later, Halloween night, 1991, Doris Gibson was driving home along Bray Road through the fog when she felt her car hit something and her front tire lift off the ground. She moved up around 50 feet and then got out to assess the damage, both to her car and to whatever she hit. There was nothing on the road behind her where she felt the hit, but as she made her way around the back of the car, something came running out of the woods. She said, quote, here comes this thing and it's just running up at me. It was no dog. It was bigger than me. I've never seen a human run like that. And my uncle was a track star, (laughs) end quote. She quickly got back into her car, hitting the gas hard, but the creature jumped at her car and landed on the trunk. Luckily, there had been rain, so it slid off as she sped up. Later that night, however, she picked up a friend from a party. The friend pointed out the window on the way home and yelled, Look at that thing! Doris didn't even think. She just hit the gas and sped away without looking in the direction her friend had pointed. When she was finally home safe, she noticed claw marks on the back of her blue Plymouth Sundance. A woman reported a creature like the beast attempting to break into her house and injuring one of her horses in the barn, leaving a large gash across the poor horse's back. The footprints she saw were over a foot long, 
and now I want to measure my own feet in comparison. I just like glanced at my feet and I'm like, I think maybe about eight inches is mm-hmm. my foot. But like an adult human man's foot, I can imagine is like a foot long. I don't know. I want. I kind of want to go get my ruler. We'll do it later. Okay. <laughs> Accounts circulated of it passing in front of a car in motion, crouched on the side of the road, or even chasing people through the forest. Linda Godfrey, a local reporter for the Walworth County Week, was tasked with covering both Lori and Doris's stories. Initially, she was skeptical, but after speaking with them, became convinced that they really did see a creature unknown to man. She does say, quote, There is a high probability that everyone is not always seeing the same thing. There could be a biological, physical animal seen by some, while others see phantoms or supernatural entities from a variety of sources. A few may be misidentifications or hoaxes, end quote. Regardless, she is pretty convinced of the sincerity of the witnesses. So much so that in 2003, she wrote The Beast of Bray Road, Tailing Wisconsin's Werewolf, where she recounts multiple witness stories in depth. While reports of encountering the beast have dropped off since the 90s, there are still a few people claiming they have seen it in more recent years. In a Reddit thread, user Not Ken Dorsey wrote, quote, I lived in the town of Franklin, Wisconsin. This is about 1997-98. We had just moved into a brand new subdivision and were currently the only house that was built. The rest of the area for a long distance was empty lots on what used to be the adjoining farm's old land. Our backyard had a running creek. On the other side of the creek was some brush and a single lane road with an old wooden street light that gave off an orange hue about 30 yards or so away. It was a warm summer night and I was having a sleepover with one of my friends. We had all the lights off and were playing hide and seek in the dark. I went back into our sunroom and saw something crouched over illuminated through the brush and the orange street light. I'm not sure how to describe its body posture. You know how when you're about to throw up and you hunch over on your knees and palms? It was similar to that. Its breaths were so deep and heavy that you could see its chest heaving from that distance. Its hind legs were thick and muscular like a man's, but its body tapered at the abdomen and head like a wolf or canine. I called out to my friend who came over and just said, what the fuck is that to me? Trying not to make much noise. We sat there as it was hunched for a good 30 minutes. My dad who was a hard-ass Vietnam vet, came out to see what the hell we were doing up so late. We asked what it was, and he just said, I don't know. He then went outside as we stayed in, scared for my dad. He had one of those old mega lights and took it with him. He stood in the driveway and shined it onto whatever we were watching. It looked back at us. What I do remember is that when it took off into the brush, it took off upright, like a sprinter from an on-all-fours stance. My dad heard it splash through the creek, and he hightailed it in. It was one of those fucked up moments you don't really talk about because people will think you were crazy. End Mm. quote. And like a Vietnam vet being like, I'm not dealing with that. Oh my God. Around January 2018, Danny Morgan sent an email to station WTMJ4 with an attached picture taken a few miles from Bray Road. He said that a wolf, quote, ran across the street almost like a man. Who knows? Maybe it was a werewolf. End quote. Lon Strickler of the National Cryptid Society said, quote, I'd talked to the witness, Danny Morgan. From what I can tell, he had just dropped a friend off at his home. He noticed the wolf in the cornfield on four legs walking towards the road. 
His camera was handy because he had never seen a wolf in the wild. He slowed, and when the wolf approached the road, it stood up on two legs and walked quickly across the road. He said it walked just like any human would, didn't stumble or look awkward. The wolf was also swinging its front legs like a human being. Honestly, I believe the guy. End quote. This point, I need everyone to know that the National Cryptid Society, I went to their website, I signed up for their newsletter, and it told me that I'd already signed up for it. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're consistent. At least I'm consistent. The photo itself is kind of haunting. The arms look skeletal, the mouth is open, and it's on hind legs, which appears shaved, but it's leaning forward like a human would while walking up the short incline that it is. Dogs usually have to keep their balance by putting their shoulders over their hips if they stand on their hind legs, otherwise they just tip back down onto their front paws. This does not look like that mm. at all. Linda Godfrey told NBC15 in 2009, quote, Whatever it is, there is more than one. It seems to be more of a scavenger that wants to frighten people. Maybe it's territorial. It seems to want people to leave it alone. Mm. End quote. Which seems like the tagline of every single cryptid. Relatable. Just leave me alone. alone. The Beast of Bray Road has been the subject of a few items of popular culture, including two movies. The Beast of Bray Road, a horror film from 2005, and a 2018 documentary titled The Bray Road Beast. They couldn't, you know, they don't want to compete with the other one. It's also been on TV, Lost Tapes, Legend Hunter, Haunted Highway, In Search of Monsters, and Expedition X. Hmm. The Beast also has its own corner of the Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, and the picture of the life-size replica will be on the Instagram for you to view. So, any thoughts before we move into theories? How you feeling? Do you want to, do you think you might know what it is? No? Nothing? No. <laughs> I want to hear a story. Tell me what you think. All right. Well, a majority of the theories center around the beast being an identifiable creature that has been mistaken for something more than it is. This could mean that a gray wolf or a large dog, such as the Great Pyrenees or a Newfoundland, has been sighted and mistaken for something more sinister, especially since it doesn't seem to have any desire to truly hurt anyone. But most of the encounters with the creature have noted that it didn't look like a canine beyond the immediate features, especially once it stood up on hind legs. So, there's that possibility. It's a kangaroo! It's a kangaroo! Another mis- That's not what they sound like in Wisconsin. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Andrea. Sorry, Andrea. Another mistaken identity theory is that the beast is actually an American black bear with mange. Oh. Much like the chupacabra's common theory of wolves with mange, a, or coyotes, I wrote wolves because I was in the mindset, but mm. coyotes with mange, a bear with mange may end up looking more human than animal, exposing the muscle beneath the fur. Mm. Bears have been sighted before in the county, so this isn't impossible. But we don't know. Mm. In another round of mistaken identities, some researchers have suggested that these encounters could be with Bigfoot. Oh, okay. Or something akin to Bigfoot. Hmm. But that feels more like sticking a few cryptids into the same bucket and calling them by the same name, even if the name doesn't necessarily fit. Regardless, with the human-esque qualities, there could be reasoning for this identification. Like, it's a bit more human in some aspects than it is animal. And Bigfoot does have that, like, you know, 
it's not a monkey, but it's also not a human. Mm-hmm. Something else, which is why we put him in the cryptid bucket. But in any case, this felt a little like you're just saying cryptids in general are all just insane. Just they have big feet doesn't mean they're all a big foot. Yeah. Also, abominable swamps, swamp slob. Not the same as the Beast of Bray Road. Not the same as Bigfoot. Like, they have their own variations, friends. They're unique. They're individuals. They're enough. I am enough. And I'm good at doing stuff. All right. <laughs> Another possibility is that this being puts on the shape of a wolf or canine to get around not being seen. Like, they just can kind of wander mm. around. I will call these flesh pedestrians for the safety of our podcast, which comes from another podcast. I did not make that up. As saying their real name is very taboo, according mm. to the indigenous communities that these legends come from. It's kind of like inviting a vampire into your home. We just don't, we don't do safe it. safe than sorry. So we'll move past that very quickly, but there's that as a possibility, which honestly is where I sit. But okay, I just, we're not going to linger. Okay. So, next theory. Remember the word that Mark heard the creature say? Gadara, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a theory that the creature said Gadara, a site that was mentioned in the Bible as the location where Jesus exercised a demon from a man's body as he came out of the tombs. While this name doesn't have a particular meaning for the creature itself, it may present what the creature is. A hellhound. Hmm. The hellhound is a creature of multiple cultures' literatures that is often black, extremely large, and usually stands guard to the threshold of the underworld in the figure of a dog. Mm -hmm. In Greek mythology, and in Harry Potter, this creature was a three-headed, dragon-tailed dog named Cerberus. Mm -hmm. Cerberus? Kerberus? Cerberus? Cerberus? That. That guy. That guy. That one. Depending on the country of origin, the legends either give the hounds a job, like in Wales, where they were the escorts to souls on their way to the underworld, or, I know, I love that, or they are the embodiment of Satan and a harbinger of doom. Hmm. So there's either, but this is similar to what Laurie believed of the beast, which was satanic. I'm going to interrupt with a book recommendation. Ooh, okay. Ninth House. By Lee Bardugo. It is on the list. It's good. Dark Academia vibes. Great. Um, and there are hellhounds. I'm excited. I uh, just recently got my... Or I think they're technically jackals, but exactly. similar vibe. Exactly. I, the uh, sources that I pulled for, for this, one of them, of course, is the mother source, Wikipedia. But it had a whole... Like, I looked up hellhounds, and it was almost every country you could think of. Mm. So every fairly ancient culture has everybody has dogs dogs so one of them was jackals and um, like anubis in uh, Mm -hmm. egypt and dog-ish creatures so i would love it if a dog led me to the afterlife right but what if it's your dogs like your animals meet you (laughs) that'd be so good it's not sad it's happy I'm just like now I'm thinking I'm going to cry now but like you get to the the gates of of heaven and outbursts penny 
and she's like jumping <gasps> up on you, being like, "You're here! Oh my god, I'm gonna cry for real!" Oh, <laughs> oh no! Haha! <laughs> How the turntables! Oh, piggy! You know, in 45 years, when she's yeah on her deathbed, it's gonna be so sad. We don't think about it. No, we don't think about it here. Let's talk Pennington. about hell, hellhounds. Hellhounds. Pennington monster will live forever. Mm-hmm. So there's that is a potential theory, which is also something I'm I am prone to believe as a possible like that's more in the realm of the bucket that that cryptid should sit mm-hmm. than in the Bigfoot bucket. Yeah. So get I don't know. That feels <laughs> get out of my bucket. Get out of my swamp. The next theory. Sorry. <laughs> Just drops a Shrek reference and tries to move on. <laughs> the next theory for the ba- Beast of Bray Road is werewolf. Mm-hmm. So the history and myths surrounding the werewolf are deep and long. And that's a whole episode in and of itself. But bottom line. If the beast is a werewolf, the human-like characteristics and infrequent sightings are not far off from the legends we know of today. So maybe he's just Jacob looking for a <laughs> snack. Like, where you been, Loka? Where you been? See, now I want that makes me want to go and be like, pull up the lunar calendar for those dates of the sightings. Me too. Because if they're all full moons, then because mm. that would you know that would make sense. Because what the the moon is only full for like one night, yeah. So it makes sense that sightings wouldn't be if they're in only the turning point. into this creature once yeah. every however many days. And the only reason that I don't think I sit with werewolf as much as I do with hellhound or just you know entire cryptid unto itself is because of Mark's encounter of him encountering it two nights in a row. Mm. But there's a lot of myth and legend fed into the werewolf legend that comes from movies more so than it Mm -hmm. comes, or from popular culture than it comes from the actual lithopithecus, lithopithus, I was reading through it today. So I see the word in my brain, but I cannot pronounce it. I'm not going to try again. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about it. I'm not going to try again. But that... uh, have roots that are deeper in certain ancient cultures that might not follow along that mm-hmm. path of it's only for one night. It's only when the moon is filled mm-hmm, for this. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah, so I feel like, yes, it is possible, but I would want to do much more investigation into werewolves in order to solidify my thought process on that. But okay. Well, perhaps we shall hear from you in the future. We shall see. So the last theories are less exciting than all the rest. Mass hysteria or a hoax. Or both. We've discussed mass hysteria before with the Enfield monster and the possibility that people are just seeing what they want to see. But as the beast is not necessarily sought out, like there is no one really hunting for him, I find hysteria to be something of a smaller concern. There is a newspaper clipping that I've put in the Instagram. Rasta? Roundup? Roundup. Thank you. It could be a Rasta. Rasta? <laughs> Pasta and lobster? No. Okay. A Rastafarian pops up. You called? <laughs> hey. That is an account from people who live on Bray Road, mm. whose last name is Bray, and they have lived there for like 50 years at the time of the article. Yeah. 
And they were like, we have never seen nor heard anything about this creature. We're just worried about the people who are now going to try and come down this road and find it. Leave us alone. Which is essentially what happened, but not for very long. There are a lot Mm. of people, like I was looking at forums and stuff, of people commenting being like, I've lived in Elkhorn my entire life and I have never heard of the Beast Mm -hmm. of Bray Road. Like that kind of thing where there's just like, it doesn't seem to be a big, like it's not Mothman. There's no festival for the beast. Um, There's nothing that like is. It's not like it's the the legend that gets passed around the local high school. Yeah. Whatever. Exactly. So there isn't really that kind of pop culture in the town it's from about it. There's no real legend surrounding anything it seems so again that just points to me that the hysteria is a much smaller concern Mm -hmm. hoax is also a possibility in this category though again i find it hard to pull off something like this bray road is not a commonly used road and it is pretty quiet if you're hoping to scare somebody you may have to wait a long time to do so but dedication might be the ticket to a memorable night maybe i don't know I should also mention that Mark's sighting, the first from 1939, was at St. Coletta's School. This school is a Catholic-based institution that caters to both children and adults with learning disabilities or those who need specific care. While it has gone through many iterations as knowledge has grown and expanded, the beginnings were a bit throw them in there to get them out of sight, including JFK's sister, Rosemary Kennedy. Mm. She was sent to the school in 1941 after her forced and botched lobotomy. She passed in the early 2000s in the school. Mm. An interesting tie-in to a previous episode. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. But it was uh, interesting because I was looking, because Jefferson and Elkhorn are pretty far away, in like 45-minute drive with no traffic. But both both areas have seen the beast. And when I was looking into St. Coletta's, at first I thought that it was an Elkhorn. So I got confused and I, I was looking for more information about it. And every time I looked it up, it would pop up Rosemary Kennedy, Rosemary Kennedy, Rosemary mm. Kennedy. Um, and apparently she lived, I mean, she lived for a very long time, which I hope was a good life. Mm-hmm. But apparently the sisters took care of her very closely. She had her own private suite. She had her own car and driver. And she had her own dog. Mm. So, so far as I can tell, because of Kennedy money, she was able to be taken care of very nicely and early 2000s she passed away in ripe old age which was good but her whole story is and shannon covered it a little bit when we talked about all of the kennedy curses that happened with that family so feel free to go visit that episode but um it would be interesting i I just i got interested in reading about her life because she was a normal normal person like Mm -hmm. I think I read that her a normal IQ is somewhere around like 130 or something like or that's high. I forget. But like in her family, the IQs were somewhere in like the mid hundreds Mm -hmm. and her IQ were somewhere around 90. But she was still a perfectly functioning human being. And she was going to like society parties and balls and and all this stuff. That a normal girl her age at that level of society was doing at that time. Mm -hmm. And her father had her, 
lobotomized and she was the first of the she was one of the first 40 um lobotomies done yeah ever like that's nuts to me i don't know lobotomies in general nuts but yeah you know anyway off that tirade whatever the beast of bray road the wisconsin werewolf or bigfoot impersonator might actually be (laughs) we suggest you keep your headlights on and you don't stop for anything on a deserted road at night heck no exactly and that is the beast of bray road thank you thank you for a second i was like how do i bray like as applause and i was like (laughs) i don't have it in me today is it like a neigh is it like what a horse does no that's a that's like a sheep (laughs) i do appreciate that you put your head she put her head back and up (laughs) had to get that noise up and out Uh, right well all right friends so many theories so many so many questions so many things do you have any questions or concerns or thoughts what are your i have so many of all those things but not about the podcast (laughs) (laughs) i thought when you said it you meant about the beast no just weird creepy hope i don't run into that yeah i'm not a fan Especially on the road, I'm I'm a I'm a good driver. Yeah, but I don't think that I would be able. I, I'm, I'm good a good driver. I'm a good driver, uh, but I don't think that I'd be able to contain myself if I saw something like that. I just hit no, the gas. Go, I'd just go. be like, I'm so sorry. I'd like call nine one one and be like, there might be a person or an, I don't know what it is. I did not stop to help them. I'm so, so sorry. I y'all that's y'all's job. That is your public service, (laughs) not mine. I'm not from around here. That is your job. Yeah. All right. Well, to end on a good note, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We have a mailbag, my friends. Roll tape. Alrighty, so this is an email from Holland, friend of the show. I love that you get your NPR voice on when you read mailbags. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome. The, the subject line, hello, from the website, exclamation point. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Okay, so I listened to the Fister, I hardly knew her, episode. <laughs> As as a person who once lived in Milwaukee, dot, 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 I do, in fact, have other recommendations <gasps> in Milwaukee for the teased haunted road trip. Oh, wait a minute. I completely forgot. Fister's in Wisconsin. So is the Beast of Bray Road. Oh, my God. I did not do that You're on purpose. You're just having a Midwest summer. I really am. Alrighty. So at first, Shaker's Bar. Ooh. One of the most haunted bars in America. It's got everything. Ties to the Capone brothers, a brothel turned Airbnb, a history, a history with famed and terrible serial cannibal Jeffrey Dahmer, dot, 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 
And cigars and drinks, too, I guess. No. <laughs> they do walking tours of Dahmer's haunts around the area, which is featured on Netflix's Dark Tourism show, oh parentheses, which is amazing. That was the best show. Though, obviously, the ethics of following in the footsteps of a dude who cannibalized men of color are, well, questionable. Yeah. But it's still haunted with all sorts of ghosties, allegedly. <laughs> Seven Bridges Trail. Some say it has similar vibes. Holland. I Uh can't pronounce that. The Aokigahara Forest in Japan. Oh, the suicide forest. I believe, yes. Others say it's just a nice trail. But the entrance sign reads, enter this wild wood and view the haunts of nature. So, you be the judge. Okay. Pabst Mansion. It's a big old house owned by a dead rich guy, so of course it's haunted. I love that. I used to run by this place all the time, and I can't say I never noticed anything ooky or spooky about it, except for the horror that is excess accumulated wealth by an individual. (laughs) Not in Milwaukee, but still some kooky spots. House on the Rock. Kind of like if Sarah Winchester decided to collect weird items to appease the ghosts <gasps> instead of endlessly building a house. Oh, goodness. Minus the ghosts. This guy just loves collecting crazy shit. He's got a whole ass carousel in there. <laughs> a room full of dolls, parentheses. Sorry, Shannon. <laughs> whole historical street con- recreations. It's wild. It's notably featured in Neil Gaiman's American Gods as a location where gods go to meet each other. The Holy Hill Skeletons. Oh. If you go in October, there's this guy who puts up this massive skeleton display by Holy Hill, the highest point in the state. Good for foliage viewing. I drove past it when I went to Holy Hill, and I regret not doing a U-turn to take a photo. They get a different setup each year. When I saw it, it was a skeleton football game, complete with skeletons in the stadium. He uses like 50 to 80 skeletons. It's hilarious and bizarre. I love that. That's so sweet. Anyways, if you plan the pod trip on the road, enjoy these silly little Milwaukee haunts. I love that. How apropos, Holland. Thank you. Amazing. I love it when I love it when the mailbag matches up with the episode. It's great. Because now we can just add Bray Road to that. Because Elkhorn is the only thing very short that'll drive. get us to go to the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I've lived there. I'm good. Yeah. Um, lots of corn. But, I do like corn. Yeah. Well, and Andrea, our lovely friend from yes. Wisconsin, has already offered multiple times to bring me out to Wisconsin. Great. So we just tack you cheese on curds, and get some cheese curds. A casserole. Yeah. Oh, golly. She is the loveliest person but she's also the most midwest person i know (laughs) because she doesn't come to any party empty-handed yeah which that's a lovely philosophy it always makes people feel very appreciated especially if you're hosting but i was once hosting a baby shower for somebody else Mm -hmm. and she brought me a like bottle of wine (laughs) as well as like a gift for the for the mom Mm -hmm. and 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 the dad but it was like why are you bringing me something? She's like, well, you're hosting. So I have to bring you something. <laughs> I was like, okay. What? All right. <laughs> okay. But anyway, if you have some spooky things to add to the pod trip, uh, let us know. Yeah, wherever those might be. They yeah. could be U.S.-based. They could be 
uh, international. If you've got some <laughs> international things that you'd like us to see, we'll add them to our list. Might not be a road trip, but yeah. it'll be a trip. A. It's been a trip. It's been a trip. <laughs> and remember, my friends. This podcast doesn't exist. I like that we both had the same idea. <laughs> I saw it in your face. It was coming a bit. It was rising up. The eyebrows. <laughs> the eyebrows. <laughs> All right. Okay, bye. bye. This episode was researched, co-produced, and edited by Emma Kylie. Co-produced and marketed by Shannon McCarthy. Our theme music was composed and performed by Tom Emsley-Smith. The Mailbag theme music was composed by Liam Kiley.